0: On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the blending of commercial and residential markets, also known as resi What do we have to do to tackle those opportunities? How do we satisfy those clients? And how does the work from home trend fit into this whole big equation? All that and more on A State of Control.
1: The network for the AV industry
2: are you listening to this this is
0: a V this. this 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 is, is A V nation.
2: nation this is A-B nation. a V nation a state of control
0: a state of control episode 84 cult of personality Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt, I'm your host, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, this podcast typically covers uh, the commercial industry, I'll, I'll have to admit, uh, because of my background and, and some of the guests that we choose, we, we probably lean more in that direction primarily, and t- today we're going to change the pace up a little bit. Uh, back in episode 62, um, we had covered uh, the residential side of things, and it's about time that we uh, repeat that. So um, with me, I uh, have a few Very knowledgeable guests to discuss about the uh, residential side of the AV industry as well as how residential and commercial overlap and is uh, been dubbed uh, resi-mercial. So we'll be talking about that a little bit as well. Before we jump in, though, I'd like to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control. He's none other than Rich Fergosa. Hey, Rich, how are you?
1: Mellow West Coast greetings. All right. It's it's good
0: to have friends on
1: here. Yeah, I mean, we always have friends on, but it's good to have. uh our resi side of the friends group
0: so. absolutely absolutely uh, i will first off uh, welcome back a return guest who we had back in that episode 62 and we should have had him back sooner but uh nonetheless uh he's steven Bronner from pro audio georgia hey steven thanks for being with us
2: hey it's good to be here it's gonna be a great show uh, glad to be back
0: thanks for be- joining us and uh last but not least, I have a friend and a guest who's been frequented on other of this Aviation shows, but we haven't had her yet on our show. And I'm glad that we were able to change that today. And she is Heather Sidorowicz from Southtown Audio Video. Hi, Heather. How are you?
3: I'm great, Steve. I'm uh, pleased as punch to be here. And uh, yeah, I agree with Rich. With good friends, with good friends, it should be a good show.
0: Awesome. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, so uh, as I mentioned before, over the years we we have had this divide between the the commercial and the residential sides, and there, there's very distinct um, differences: the applications, the people that work in those areas, and and even s- some of the the equipment, of course, and and the techniques that are used. But but we we're you know as we've uh, progressed. In, and also with the trend to work from home, we're seeing a lot more of a blend uh, and, and overlap and, and a, uh, a, a the, these two areas coming together. So um, that's what I think we'll talk most about today. And Richa, I'll let you start us off. Um, is this what we're looking at moving forward. Is there going to be more of this unification, or there's going to there going to be more specialists that really are, are not interested or not able to cross let's cross the border between the two areas, let's call it.
1: Well, you know what I found is that the residential side of things, um, when we were dealing with it pre-pandemic, it was something that was a little bit more reserved for like a C-level executive suite um you know you would have uh you know we'd be doing a boardroom or something and then you'd get you know one of the executives and you know there'd be a residence and and there would be the ability to um kind of bridge those two together and that's what we originally started seeing the cross between the commercial and the residential work its way through where you would have somebody uh you know on that side of the business and you would work your way into the house um the pandemic flipped things around and i think what we've discovered is that it changed the makeup of who was going to be using the technology? And so, obviously, when work from home became part of people's lives for the past 16 months, uh, we found ways to have to bridge the gap not only with um, the commercial services that we've been used to for telecommunications, distance learning, um, all the things that are always in our in our toolkit and having to figure out how to do it in people's houses and how to get them productive with a lot of times consumer level goods. Uh, And, and that is where it's been kind of the challenge and the opportunity. Right. Um, And it's, it's led some, some credence to the ability to have a professional come in. Uh, I, I think that, uh, the IT companies <laughs> for a lot of these these companies figured out that they weren't necessarily going to be able to do it on their own. Um, that if their users could find a way to consolidate and to uh, kind of keep keep everything at, at, at some point consistent, that's when Resumersial, I think, really became a, a useful feature because we would have all of these local integrators who could step in. And help with the process and, and, you know, everything from uh, displays, the computers, the inner, I mean, mostly the networking, which I feel was a huge part of it. Uh, And then some of these, these subsystems or, or items that we didn't consider about originally, which was things like acoustics. You know, the last thing that you wanted during a company wide Zoom call was for everybody to sound like Bane when they were in their conference, you know, and so learning how to deaden a, a space and make the work from home experience a professional experience. And that's where Resi Marshall kicked in, I think, is that we had an opportunity to expose the clients and the end users to a professional experience while still being in their home. Uh, and, and there's a lot of room for it. And, and at the root of it is software. And, and that's what we've discovered. And so much like a huddle space, um, a, a boardroom, uh, a meeting space, a distance learning application, those tools from a programming standpoint became really important to be able to flatten the process. I was just finishing a project uh, yesterday where um, it is a, uh, a retirement living community and it is a fully divisible classroom area in in this uh, in this retirement community and and we've got everything we've got cameras we've got you know they, when i had people who were in their 60s and 70s talking about live streaming and how they can go ahead and route the dante audio to their recorder so that they could have a ba- and and we're and we're actually extremely knowledgeable on the subject that was cool. And so there's been this this quick rise um in the technical aptitude of people at home. And so I'm 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 excited about it. You know, I think that we're gonna see more of it. And to answer directly to your question, it's uh definitely part of we have the Infocom community. Um I think this is an opportunity for the Cedia community to be able to work their way in and and bridge that gap.
0: Heather, I'll I'll let you uh, jump in uh as someone who I, I, as I believe, uh, had came from more of the residential side, but has moved over to more of the commercial side. Uh, how, how do you stay? How do you kind of keep? Straddle that fence, let's say, because uh, because I personally have found that it can be difficult. Like the w- when we did programming for both residential and commercial, it was two completely pro- different processes, two completely different approaches, and it just became too challenging because even the people that we had um, either had had a specialty in one or the other. So, how do, how do you do it?
3: <laughs> Very carefully. Um, so yeah, you are correct. We have, uh, we grew up as a residential company, um, started in 1984 and I started, um, in about 2001 and, uh, seeing, so I'm, I'm in, outside of Buffalo, New York and seeing the We had a lot happening, a renaissance, if you will, happening in Buffalo. And when we saw that, we started to point our ship towards the commercial market, but that was also when the residential market was really changing the rise of Amazon, a a Walmart opened down the street. It went from ordering a TV um, where, you know, that used to be a family used to come in and they used to talk about it to Oh, I've got some toilet paper. I'll just get this TV as well. So things really started to change in the residential market. now. That may be for many people, but it's not for all people. So we call it relationship residential. So the the residential that we still handle is not, hey, I'm looking to buy a TV. Um, Not that we wouldn't sell one. Um, It has to do more with, hey, I'm moving into a new home and I want some TVs in multiple places or music throughout or some control or some lighting. So we try to pre-qualify more that way. Um, and if you set it up from the beginning, it's easier in the end. So you're not taking all calls, you're figuring out what is your wheelhouse and passing off what isn't. So we started to drop certain things off our radar. No more satellite dishes, no more antennas. Um, There was a time that we did DVD conversions we, you know so those kind of things that were very time consuming and you just couldn't keep that focus we let go of and then when someone would call we could just guide them to what we call a partner company as we grew in the commercial market what we underestimated at that time the commercial market was Um, the need in the market for attention. So a lot of the AV commercial companies in the area operated like electricians. When it was done, they were gone and there wasn't a lot of hand-holding afterwards. We were very used to the hand-holding and the customer service, so... In 2015, our revenue doubled, um, and we've been continuing to, to go higher ever since. Um, Resi commercial kind of like it's almost like this this fallback. I feel in some ways, um, our Buffalo market's more of a blue collar uh, mid market. So I don't think that I'm seeing the same things that Rich is on the West Coast. Um, I still find that you know I keep I thought at the beginning of the pandemic wow, the home office is going to come back. It's really changed and it's really fascinating to kind of even look at what the house was or is throughout the years, right? When we were all kids, I bet you that there was – Uh, like the living room where there was no TV or anything. And it was sometimes there was like the plastic on the couches. We all had that experience of like, this is the room when someone comes over that you sit in, that isn't really, you can't see how messy the rest of my house is. And that has evolved. Um, The home office is continuing to evolve as well. But I find um, in our market, that we're still seeing many people on laptops. Um, you know, you see those pe- friends and people who are posting on Facebook and they're in their backyard and they're loving the fact that they can move around and they're not they're not handcuffed to one space. So what became most important in our world? Networking. So networking, if you said, this is, you know, 1200 or $1,500 for your 2,500 square foot house 16 months ago, they would hang up on you. Today you say, it, and they say, can you come tomorrow? And we say, no, we're scheduling to the end of the year. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, we, we that people, what was once invisible that nobody understood is now very tangible because they understood my kid needs to be online at school while I'm in a board meeting on Teams and Zoom or they're watching TV and all of this needs to work. So what didn't exist before, what they didn't understand is now critical. So yeah, it's an, it's an interesting place to be.
0: Uh, Stephen, I'll bring you into the conversation, and uh, I uh, I know that you also have uh, a very deep client base uh, of of residential clients, and and uh, also have probably dabbled in other areas. Now, you know what what I guess let, let's define a little or give me a couple of examples of what you would consider re- resumercial type of applications, and and do you approach them differently than you do other types of solutions, purely residential, I guess.
2: Yeah, so ResiMertial is is an interesting crossover because, like like the other two have said, this this used to be two totally different industries. You know, you had your, your commercial companies and you had your residential companies, and residential companies would say commercial companies don't have any fun, and commercial companies would say residential companies don't make enough money. So it was... It was a little back and forth, and it was always a good jest because, uh, you know, you can have fun in anything you do. So, um, I would say, <clears throat> I think the penetration of consumer technology pushed Resi Marshall to where it is. And by saying that, I mean that someone goes home, and they can use their Somos, or they can use their Alexa, or they can do whatever... Then they go to work, and these poor IT guys at work are, are like, they go to work and say, hey, I just want to build a place in Houston office for my phone. Uh, well, our network's closed down. You can't do that. You can't on those, or, uh, Hey, I'm going to put an Alexa or, or a Google Home in here so that I can ask questions. And what ends up happening is, is this consumer technology that we have to deal with regularly. All of a sudden, the corporate IT people are having to deal with, and it, really made an interesting crossover. Um, And then it bounced back. So now with everyone stuck at home working, these, I love what Heather said. Heather hit on the biggest home run that our industry has had in two years. For years, we have been telling our clients, everything in your home is built on the network. Everything's built on the network. Don't skimp on the network. And clients have been like, oh no, I. I can get a XYZ for 50 bucks or I can go to Walmart or I can do this or the even worse, God help us, the Comcast or AT&T modem seems to be working fine until it doesn't. So that's the thing is, is that we have been fighting for years and I know some clients, you know, they don't, they don't care, they you know, just spend the money. But for most clients to tell them that an access point is 1200 bucks, They would go, oh my God, no, I can get a wireless or I'll just use the Comcast. Like Heather said, now that everyone's been at home and you can actually demonstrate, I have taken, uh, I I now use Access Networks, I have taken that product into a client's home and I have put it on a separate channel in the Wi-Fi and I have said here, because I've had two or three clients say they didn't see the value, so I brought it in, set it in place and said, use your Wi-Fi. And let everybody else use my little temporary Wi-Fi and let me know how it works out. And it sells itself every time. It's kind of like remote controls. This is a little side story, but I am a big fan of having a handheld remote in every room where there's a TV. Because watching TV with your phone sucks. So, um, every time I have a client that says, I'll just do everything with my phone. I program inexpensive entry-level handheld remotes for our control system. And I've tied them in drawers in the house. I've never had to go pick one up. Every single time I get a call from the husband, the wife, the grandmother, somebody, I can't work this TV. Okay, open the top right drawer, turn the little switch on inside the battery cover. I'll send you a bit, and it never, it it never fails. So our clients have done the same thing with our inner, our networking, and that has been the absolute home run for us. I honestly feel, I haven't crushed our numbers yet for this year, of course, because we're number one, I'm too busy. But number two, it's not the end of the year, but I think we're going to see probably a 50 to 60% jump just in networking sales uh, in the first half of the year and maybe continue through the end of the year. So when you talk about crossover, where does it cross over? It crossed over because now... People are demanding the same network reliability blueprint that they had at the office. And so when you go to the CEO and you say, hey, this access point is $1,200, they remember the last time they signed on a budget for their office, the access point was 1200 bucks. So now they're like, okay, I get it. And that to me is it. So you had the, the little, everything in life is kind of cyclical. So you had the cycle of the consumer technology rolling into the office and the office IT people freaked it out which was awesome and uh, I got so many calls from friends that are IT specialists that are like why are all these people asking for this garbage uh, welcome to my world so I um now it bounced back when everybody came home and we got to benefit on our side from the in network and that to me that has been the biggest impact because now our control systems are more solid, the TVs are more solid, everything in the house is more solid, and the customers have finally realized, our, my customers have finally realized, oh, these more expensive parts are more expensive for a reason, and that has been a huge benefit for us.
0: That's very interesting because I wouldn't, I, 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 it seems obvious, but I wouldn't have thought that the networking is really the sell. The, the uh, but it is as as uh, Heather said, it's kind of that invisible technology that people didn't appreciate it until they really needed it. Um, you know, w- w- with that said, um, Heather, I'll, I'll jump back to you. Um, how w- when we own the network, and and Rich and I did a couple of recent episodes on security. How much? Uh, of a liability or how much of a responsibility does security play um, when when we start to have to be in the network, especially when we're dealing with the somebody working from home?
3: Um, You obviously, yeah, obviously it's, it's a critical piece. So you need to make sure that you or someone on your team thoroughly understands what they're doing and aren't, We're not just picking out prices and selling reselling it to our clients it's our responsibility to make sure that um that we're paying attention to not just the company but who owns that company Um, is that safe what if the breach has been are we doing updates are we pushing those updates out to our clients um those things are are critical these days and i think that it would be um it, it would be it would be very scary if we wouldn't do networking if we didn't have the right people in the right seats here um so i think that that's a huge piece to understand um i think just in that whole resi if if you're moving from the residential world to the commercial world it's things like you the first thing i always say to someone if they're looking to do that is you have to make sure you have a great cash flow things that people don't think of in the beginning um because when state accounts or large accounts are going to say yes they're going to give you a po and you're not billing until after that job is done that's not going to happen in your residential world. You can ask for a deposit. They're going to give you that deposit. You have the cash to buy the equipment. You're not as, as liable. So there's there's other pieces to think about. Um, and I think in that resi probably world, that grayer area, if you're doing smaller um, one-off conference rooms, gyms, those type of things, you could probably still ask for things like deposits, um, but you have to be careful. Um, but, yeah, to go back to the, the networking question, I, yeah, make sure that you – you have the right people in the right seats, and, and make sure that it's you know who you're buying from. Um, we we use Ubiquity, and we use Ubiquity. It's an American company, um, you know, and we're pushing out updates as they become available.
0: Uh, Rich, I'll, I'll uh, jump over to you, uh, kind of take take us to uh, you know the, the next steps. You know, wh- one of the the things that I t- like to talk about is how how the user is the same. You know, no matter what what you're dealing with, it could be different applications, but the user's the same. You know, from fr- when you look at it from a programming standpoint, and you know that that's a lot of the what we talk about here. Um, how how does your approach change? What 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 does somebody need to know to kind of play in this market and be able to be comfortable? Because it it, it you know although it's Although there may be not may not be two separate animals now we may have merged them into a unicorn so uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it does take a, a certain type of finesse and, and understanding and and um, knowledge base and approach
1: yeah I you know a big part I, I... I started in, in the custom side of things in the Old West, the, the Wild West of custom, where it was, you know, we all got into this business because we weren't making money on our, you know, in our bands or <laughs> doing something else, so we needed a day job. Uh, and where I see the opportunity for residential dealers, residential programmers, residential any of the residential integrators themselves, it's an opportunity to expand on your craft. Um, A lot of residential dealers, um, part of their Achilles heel and part of the knocks against them is that they are really bad at process because their thought is, well, I'm dealing with a person. So if I'm dealing with a person and a personality and they love me because I'm me, you cannot run this section of the industry and technology off of a cult of personality. You can't do it just because you're a nice person that people like and you're the smartest person you think in the room. It doesn't fly. You are first and foremost responsible to be a professional and to increase your professional acumen, which means taking your cues from the commercial industry, which has been around a lot longer from a process standpoint. Um, you know, Stephen was knocking. You know, IT managers and everything else—they got a job to do. Because again, if there's a security breach, you know, you're talking lawsuits. You're 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 talking jail time for instances where you cannot support whimsy. Residential, it, you know. Again, it, it, it's—I don't want to be dire about it, but at the same time, it's it's a little bit of a wake-up call that I have with Resi people, which is. You're dealing now. If you're getting into networking, you are dealing with huge liability issues. You're dealing with company killers if you take this with a lackadaisical approach. Not to say that it is you come in and, and it's black clouds and thunderstorms with the client, but behind the scenes with your team, you better be upfront about it. You know, again, we a couple of weeks ago, we had it on the show where uh, an employee of a very large security uh, integrator. Was uh, tapping into accounts and was was uh, you know pulling up live video feeds of people's homes. <laughs> That's huge. And again, why the process didn't happen? Now imagine you're a smaller company. You don't have maybe the benefits of the CAD department, documentation, engineers. You know, there, there's a whole lot less double E's <laughs> in Resi. Then they're on commercial. That's just the nature of it. I mean, we, we got into it from a, like Heather said, right? It's a relationship-built business in resi. It doesn't excuse you from being a professional. And that's where I kind of view the, you know, kind of handing that information down, which is get down, get your process down, get your documentation down. Our biggest thing during the pandemic and the whole work from home was the importance of how to... Give the client the tools to heal their system because we were physically unable to enter the house. So, all of the things that we were promoting 10 years ago remote access, remote boot ability, the, the you know, writing program, you know, and this comes down to the programming side, right? Your program should be written so that the system can heal itself, right? In the past five years, we've had the ability now, and, and Resi is a great example, right, with uh, oversee and Blue Bolt and all of these monitoring solutions, you know, if you're not using that, if you're not promoting it, again, much now like the network makes sense to the end user, remote diagnostics, remote reboot, the ability to self-heal, the ability to, in your budget, say, our job is to deal with the problem before it happens, because, yes, you've got three children over here who are in the middle of a Zoom call. You're in a company work call. And all of a sudden, you have a switch go down or you have an access point go down. These things are built in to protect the problem and to deal because the problem will happen. Right. And, and so with Resi, you have to focus with them. The, the biggest challenge I've had with Resi people is explaining to them that it's a when problem, not an if problem. And once you can learn how to translate the when problem with good documentation, good diagnostics, good, uh, you know, remote reset ability and for the system itself to act as an organism, all of a sudden we've seen them step up their game and they're like, oh, man, it's tough because I can't sell that. No, you can't be a professional. And, and so that is really what I hope um resi is going to bring up and, and it is up to us you know it is up for the commercial you know because commercial guys eh, eh, knocks against resi guys resi guys knocks against commercial guys and government and education and everybody you know everybody thinks they're the smartest people in the room we're now at the point where it's like hey let's go ahead and bridge that knowledge and and so i view this because of this darn pandemic as really an opportunity to to you know use an overused word of crowdsourcing to be able to say, "Hey, look, we are in this together now, and our companies can do this together." We're still going to be different in our offerings, but now that client, whether they are in a huddle space or in their living room, is now looking for the same thing, uh, and it's exciting. But uh, be a darn professional; just be a darn professional.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll shoot it over to Stephen. I, um, you know, I think we've all been in the situation where we, where we're either at uh, working with somebody in a commercial uh, space, and they say, "Hey, can you help me at my home, or vice versa?" Uh, knowing that they that 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 you're working with d- different animals and different, you know, and I, I don't say the people are, <laughs> I say the, uh, the 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 solutions are. Uh, how do you set expectations uh, so that? Because uh, what commonly is talked about is, "Well, I have this at home. Why can't I have this in the office?" For, or, or, you know. Um, and I'm sure the you've heard the reverse as well.
2: So my approach to that is actually really simple. You can have it in both as long as all the systems will to work together. So there's no reason why uh, you can't have the same technology or some version of that technology in your residential and your commercial at the same time. It, it's... As, like Rich said, as long as you manage the, the, the security side of it, that's the big deal. So, yeah, there are some protocols that aren't supported in commercial because of the, the inherent dangers. The other thing is understanding, you know, the client asks for, this is a tough question for me. I'm kind of stumbling through it because one of the models of my company is the answer is always yes. And I'm sorry, I make a fortune off of companies that tell their clients no. Um, I love it. Anytime somebody says, "Oh, I just tell my client no," I'm like, "Thank you. You just made me a bunch of money." Because I do. We focus on a holistic approach. Of the client is not necessarily when they come to you and they say, "I want to use Spotify in my kitchen." What they're saying is they want they want to be able to easily access music in the kitchen. You, so, you do the same thing in commercial and residential, the only, the biggest difference is, is that in, in commercial, you do have to deal with some of the IT infrastructure for, for the security side. But we've been doing that for years. Uh, Rich had a very good point where remote access, remote maintenance, I tell my clients whenever we present them with the maintenance plan, I say, you have two ways to approach your maintenance and your way is fine with me. One way is we're proactive. I know you have a problem before you do. I get the notifications. We're big fans of domotes, domots, however you want to pronounce it. So we're big fans of that particular platform. It works incredibly well. I can watch certain devices. I can show reports to my clients. So if my client says, well, Comcast is telling me they're fine, I can show them go, well, Comcast is not. So, which is, you know, it happens. But the... Um, I can, I can show these reports. I can pull these things. And Rich said, have your network be self-healing. 100% it should be self-healing. There are protocols that you can build into our control systems that if they ping an IP address and it doesn't respond, it shoots a, a command over, a power cycles a power strip. Um, um, uh, oversee is really good at that that's a platform that's actually really good it's integrated into a lot of things it's not one that i use personally but i do recognize the strength in that for us we use other things Um, but the remote maintenance is incredibly powerful and i don't understand people in the residential industry have a tendency to just say we'll just roll a truck we'll just roll a truck in the commercial world you can't just roll a truck all the time because in a lot of these buildings you have to get a security pass. You have to get, you know, there has to be a housekeeper there because the, the homeowners are away or they're working. You know, or I'm sorry, in commercial, you have to get security passes and things like that. In residential, they'll go, oh, I'll just come by there on a Tuesday. Why? That's, that's always been my question. I do a lot of mentoring in our industry and I always ask people, why? Why would you roll a truck in three days when if you had Domo set up? And you charged your customer, let's say you charge them $240 a, a year for that remote access. That's a win win for both of you. They're paying for the service, you're using it. So instead of waiting 24, 36, you know, 72 hours to respond to a customer's problem, you respond in five minutes. Um, and I love that. I have a very, very Jerry Maguire kind of approach to business where it's very personal. I know we talk Honestly, that's it's not necessarily a cult of personality. I get what Rich is saying and, and I agree with him. You can't build a business on that. But when clients hire a company, they're hiring us. So it kind of is a cult of personality. Like I have Pro Audio Georgia, Pro Audio Carolinas. I have a client that's been a client for twelve years. Every time she writes me a check, she says, What is the name of the company again? You know, that's that's just how it is. They're buying us. So we have to be we have to be able to tell our clients, yes, manage expectations, do all the things it takes, but this remote management, Heather and Richard both had amazing points today. This remote management is key, and if we can do it in commercial, which we've been doing for years in commercial, uh, being able to dial in and look at things, now we're doing that in residential, and I've been telling people for years to do it, and I love seeing you come along. We have a little over 200 clients in our Donuts account, and uh, I had to give it its own email address because every time a outage happens in certain areas in Atlanta, I might get 600 notifications. But the thing is, is you set it up so that you call your client and you say, hey, Mr. and Ms. Smith, uh, you had an internet outage today at 2 o'clock while you were at work. We dialed in, made sure the problem was corrected, and you get home check your Wi-Fi next year, when it's time to write that $240 check or 300 whatever you charge, they're not even going to think about it. They're going to say, oh, let me write that. And I have clients that will call me and say, don't forget to bill me for my maintenance. I use it. You know, you, you, you constantly take care of it. So, that is huge. And, and being responsible and professional in our industry is something that's a, a little uh, lax anyway. So, uh, I, I see a lot of guys that just don't quite get that. They come in and Their vocabulary sucks, or or they're talking to a client, and they don't really know how to approach a problem. So the, the professional side of this is huge, and part of that is setting your company up for success, being proactive instead of reactive. And if you want to build a company based off of strict processes, that's awesome. Um, I am, and everyone on this broadcast, and anyone who knows me knows I run a different kind of life and a different kind of company. I'm a different kind of dude, man. And so I do run my company off of personal relationships. Um, my clients, they call me. I answer the phone. Um, they send me Christmas and birthday presents, and, and it's more of a family for me. So it's a little different for me, but that doesn't mean they're rich is wrong. Rich is absolutely correct that most companies can't run that way. Um, It takes a special kind of person to run a company that way and, uh, you know, I want to point to the fact that, you know, they say don't answer your phone after hours, uh, you know, or your customers will get the wrong impression. I tell people all the time, please don't answer your phone after hours because I answer mine and I make a huge amount of money from people that don't answer their phone after hours. But I'll also point out one more thing. Keep in mind, Elon Musk slept on the floor at the Tesla factory until he got the Model 3 out of production. So next time you think that you're being CEO-ish and smart by shutting your company down at 6 o'clock so you can read a book, keep in mind that the richest people in the world built their companies because they worked when everybody else was
0: asleep. I think that that's probably a good place for us to wind up. I uh, I think that's great, and and as uh, the the four of us are, are all in in uh, leadership roles and and uh, you know CEO roles in our companies, that that's very good advice. And th- thanks, and I, I, I do agree that the, the hustle is what's important, and uh, as, long, as long as you uh, are being productive and doing the right things, that that's you you should get the payoff. Um, w- Uh, With that said, I'd like to to thank these guests for being part of today's show and hopefully we'll have them on uh, very soon again. Uh, This has been a great one. Uh, First, Stephen Bronner from Pro Audio Georgia. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing? And uh, I forgot to mention at the top, uh, you're you're always uh, somebody I think of in the fall when it's college football season. So I, I look forward to hearing about that as well.
2: Oh yeah, Gator Nation, baby. All all day, every day. Um, You can look me up, ProAudio underscore GA on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can hit the website, ProAudioGeorgia.com or ProAudioCarolinas.com. We are everywhere. I work with tons of integrators. Um, I take a lot of calls, and I love to introduce integrators to new companies, help you figure out your business practices. Um, and just all around make this industry more fun. And if you want to reach out, I look forward to hearing
3: from you. Or just give him a call and he'll answer any time.
0: Absolutely. Just give we, me we a should call
2: answer. My phone number is right there on the website.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that voice is Heather Sidoris from Southtown Audio Video. Uh, Heather, thanks for being with us. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about your company?
3: Um, our company website is southtownav.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at tech underscore chi as in a balance between life and technology. Um, and yeah, on the rest of the socials. So yeah, look me up. I'm looking so forward to having live events again for those of us in the industry. I cannot wait to give everybody a hug, whether it's allowed or not.
0: <laughs> and, um, uh, we're glad to have you on the show and hopefully uh, we can get, get you away from, uh, Resi Week uh, more, yeah, more often and have you back sometime soon. Uh, and Rich, uh, last but not least, how could people get in touch with you? And also if you have any, uh, uh, su- summation from today's takeaways.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, the, the first thing that I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to use this word, uh, because I think it's appropriate is I'm, I'm really proud of Heather and, and where she's taken her career and her business. And, you know, I mean, this is, this is a programming show Thanks, buddy. and this is, you welcome. um, you know the the crux of what we do is about control system programming and and how we operate in the industry and we've had only a handful of women you know on this show and heather is a perfect example of the women in av as a business owner as a female ceo but as somebody who's bridged the gap extremely well and has built a very nimble business on the things that we always talk about right we talk about being able to adapt and improvise and overcome and see what's there and and you know, I, I don't know how many times I've always said is that you have to be, you know, brutal with your weaknesses. Nothing good comes of worrying about where you're doing well. That's great. Be brutal with your weaknesses. And and Heather took that without it being taken it personally, without the need to say, "But I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome." She says, "Yeah, we're doing well." However, and attacked the however, and so kind of kind of to tie this into the industry with this resmarchal thing is, you know, the programmers that are listening, the, the small programming shops, um, the integrators who are bridging one or the other who do this. Follow her example, reach out to her um, because not only has she said what she's done, her numbers, her press, her case studies, you know, she walks her talk and that is something extremely critical to emulate, right? Being a mentor comes from, Hey, you know, I don't need to talk. I'm here to provide information, um, and, and, and take you to the next step. And so from her moving to where I, she and I first started, um, in, in our business relationship and then our personal relationship, I I just gotta say, I mean, honestly, Heather, I'm, I'm truly proud of what you've created because you have done it, um, you know, you I've had are great role models,
3: profession. Rich. I mean, I when you t- you once said, uh, you know, one of the greatest, sometimes the most profitable job you have is the one you don't take. I still wear that on my sleeve. You know, I, Steve, we I, we had how many years ago at Infocom did we have that conversation of a job that you know, and, and that we didn't connect, but you were a mentor to me, and you said, here's what I would do. And having people and saying that you need help, I would think, I feel this sometimes. That's the biggest secret is to say, "Hey, I don't know, let me ask or shouting out to another friend to say, "Hey, what do you what would you do in this situation? or have you ever encountered this? We have a great group here um, on both the residential and the commercial side. Aviation bridges both of those sides. and I would definitely say you know get out of your own way and ask for help when you need it um, and, and know where you want to be so that you can so you can get there. But thank you, Rich. those are wonderful words. I'm going to go to bed now because my day can't get any better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, thank you. And I would I also second what Rich said. So. Uh, Rich, how could people get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? Uh, you
1: can type my name into the interwebs. It's always going to show up somewhere. Uh, You can find us on the website for Gusta Design. But as I will say on every show at the end, I hope the best place you can find me is here on our suite of avnationtv.shows, whether it's with my partner here, Steve, at State of Control, or Resi Week, or AV Week, or the slew of other shows that we have, um, you know, I, I, think we all truly believe that, you know, we, we do this because we love it. We don't do good because we're paid for it. Um, but we do hope that, uh, you know, as these integrators and programmers and, and employees of companies who look to up their game can use us as a resource. So find us here and support our sponsors, please.
0: And, and I would say too, really quickly, uh, you know, as you get to a certain point in your career, it's. Just so fulfilling to give back and and be able to help other people and and let others benefit from your experiences because we've we've all made mistakes and hopefully and those have probably been some of the biggest learning uh, learning opportunities but we also want to prevent others from stepping in some of the same holes. Um, uh, as Rich said, uh, you know, please uh, take, visit the website, um, go and visit the sponsors, the supporters, those who make uh, AV Nation what it is and bring these shows on air. Um, for me, uh, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt very simply on social media or my con- my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. And one thing I'm very excited about is that, uh, and this will, will come out right before uh, Cedia, and for first time in a number of years, I'll be Going to CEDIA this year, so I look forward to seeing all of you guys there and uh, and all those who are listening. So, uh, please uh, join us there, and uh, Aviation will be covering the show, and uh, we'll we'll be having some fun. Uh, with that, that's what we have today on A State of Control.